I've been really asking God, like, I want to go further with you. I want to know more of you. <laughs> and uh, man, he'll take you on a ride. He'll take you on a ride. Um, and I, I've even made in my own prayer life, like, you honor God with the size of your petitions. Like, what is it? How does it honor God, John, when, you, when you're asking for such feeble things? You know what I'm saying? And God wants to hear everything. But even in my asking in my prayer life, I'm like, how much am I? I mean, what good would it do to go to a king and ask him for a quarter? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, this is your God. This is your father. And so I've just been asking, like, God, become so big to me. And, and let me fill you in new ways and all this stuff. And, and uh, I, I've been sharing with you maybe for the last four or five weeks that, you know, I've just been doing this rethinking about the Holy Spirit, and I, I was able to go to a conference or whatever, and, and uh, it was about the Holy Spirit, and, and it just really impressed my heart and changed my heart that I really need to start going deeper and thinking more about the Holy Spirit. So uh, we had a staff meeting, and I, I just told Jeffrey, like, hey, I just want you to make a slide, and, and uh, we're going to do a new series or a new journey, and we're just going to call it Stewarding the Presence. I want you just to think about that for a second. Stewardship, that just means like to manage. Like, hey, you're a steward of something. You're, here, here, I need you to manage this. And what, what blew me away with that idea of stewarding the presence is just that. Like, you look at that picture. There's just like this, this normal human being, yet the Lion of Judah, the Spirit of Christ, this roaring power has been given to a very average human being and it's the spirit of Christ. And, and Jesus says, now steward that presence. Like steward it, manage it. And uh, man, I've just been walking like very tenderly, like thinking to myself, Jesus Christ, you're, you are not just like in me in some weird kind of way. Like you dwell upon me. Your spirit dwells upon me. And you're saying, John, steward this experience, manage it. Know it, experience it, feel it. Think about it every second and watch what I do to your, your Monday and Tuesday. Steward this thing. And I just felt so special, you know what I'm saying? Like, man, I'm a spoiled child of the king. Like, I'm a spoiled rotten brat of my father. This is amazing. And, and just feeling this on. So I started really going to, into this new practice and, and refocusing on this fact that the spirit of Jesus is with me right now. And I'm not kidding. I was like walking up to Noe Valley and the sun was out. And I know we're all worried about the drought, but isn't this been awesome? Uh, I know that was dangerous ground in California. I get it. But the sun, just feeling the sun on the back of my neck and walking up the hill, I like took my headphones out of my, my ears. Um, and I just started trying to intentionally listen to the Holy Spirit and it was so amazing because there's all these people passing me by, and I'm a minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm walking by all these people, and uh, most of the time I got my headphones in, and I got a million things going through my mind, and just to slow down long enough to say, Spirit of Christ, what, do you what are you saying to me right now, right now? And I like, <laughs> it's the coolest day. I like veered. I think I was supposed to be going to an appointment. If, if I was supposed to meet with you and I missed it, I'm sorry. But I, I like totally, I know it's all good. Like, hey, the spirit was speaking. And I just felt like God wanted me to sit down and see these kids playing. <laughs> and it was so cool. I'm never going to get through this sermon, but we'll do part two next week. And uh, I sat down. I'm just like sitting on this bench. Like, I just sit down and... Uh, 
It was like the Holy Spirit was saying, John, I just need to remind you how good life is. And I see this crazy dog. I'm a big dog guy. And this dog is, is pulling its owner, and it's biting the leash and trying to pull the leash out of its owner's hand. And, and I'm telling you, if a dog can smile, this dog was smiling. And then these kids are running from grandparents, looking back, grinning, and the grandpa was not playing. You know, he's struggling, like, get over here. And, and the kid's just loving it. And I'm just, like, seeing this amazing, like, life is good. Life is good, John. But it took me, like, slowing down and saying, Holy Spirit, I need to open the the ears of my spirit to you right now. Speak to me right now. And I'm just wondering, like, how often through the day the spirit of God, which is upon his people, is trying to to say something to us. And if we we could listen and actually move into that, it would change it would change everything. It would change our homes and our days. Like, it would blow us away. And I just got so excited to, like, listen so much more for the Holy Spirit. So that's what I mean by stewarding, stewarding the presence. And, and what we're going to do in this series is I want to start talking about spiritual gifts. I think it's time that some of you just felt empowered and loosed to go do something in this world. And I want to show you what that looks like the, as, as I'm journeying. What does it look like to have the gifts of the Spirit, identify them, and begin to work them out and move into this world and do something powerful with your life? But before that, like, it kind of hit me, what good is talking about the gifts of the Spirit if we're not learning how to listen to the Holy Spirit? You know what I'm saying? Like, what if he tells me, John, I'm giving you the gift of evangelism or whatever. Go talk to that. Go talk to that teenager who's crying on that bench with a cell phone in their hand. Let's work the gift out. But, but if I miss that because I'm not listening, you know what I'm saying? Or, or I, I have a leader, leadership meeting here at the church like we did. And, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to guide the church. It, unless the leaders are trained on how to hear the Holy Spirit speak and use their gifts to lead. Like the first thing we got to do is open our spiritual ears to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I'm just so excited, and I believe in this so much. Like, I believe marriages could be mended forever. I believe, I believe churches could be led more powerfully than ever. Uh, I believe jobs could be changed if we would allow the Spirit of Jesus to speak to us, and we would listen and hear it, and then move into that with obedience and faith. So yeah, we want to build a lot. But before we even go there, we have to be aware of who is with us, you guys. Remember we were in uh, John 14 last week? Look at John 14 and uh, verse 16. And this is really what, what, what created this thought. And by the way, if you're, if you're on your phone, I'm just going to trust that it's the ESV Bible app and not anything to do with the NFL. Look at John, <laughs> look at John 14. And we'll put this verse up behind us. There's a Bible in in front of you, and there's a little index in the middle, in the uh, beginning of that Bible in front of you, if you want to find it. But you can, uh, for the sake of time, look behind me. But look at John 14, and and remember where we're at. Jesus is is in this big upper room, and he's with his his followers, and um, he's got this really hardcore news that he tells them. It's, It's probably about 1130 at night. They just had a meal. And there's a somberness in the room. And, and Jesus, Jesus begins to tell his guys, I need to go away. I need to leave you. And they've been with Jesus for three years. Like sleeping next to Jesus, eating breakfast with Jesus Christ. Sitting at his feet and saying, Jesus, like, say stuff to us. Teach us things. Open our eyes to life in this world. 
And then he tells them that I need to go away. And they're just heartbroken. And they're like, well, wherever you're going, we're going. And he's like, this is the one place you can't go. I, I have to go to the cross. But then he goes like this in 1416. But guys, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. He will give you a counselor. I, I just love that. And while, like back then, they didn't have counselors like we have counselors, like therapists. Jesus is like, I'm leaving, but there's, there's going to be another, and he's going to guide you every day. Every second, he's going to talk to you. Every second, he's going to talk to you. And he, he will be with you forever. He will never leave you, not a second in this life. He's always going to talk to you, just like I spoke to you. And then in verse 17, check this out. He goes like this, even the spirit of truth. Like there's another counselor coming. There's a helper coming, and he's the spirit of truth. And his followers are looking at him like, what are you talking about? Who is this? And Jesus goes on and he goes, whom the world cannot receive. Like this is going to be a very intimate, private thing. Like this helper who's coming, I know you have no clue what I'm talking about, but he's specifically coming to my followers. This world neither sees him nor knows him. And then Jesus goes like this. Talk about speaking in riddles. This is cryptic. He goes, you know him. You know him. And they're, they're sitting there going, we don't know what you're talking about, and we have never met this counselor. And Jesus is just sitting there like, guys, look at my face. You already know who's coming. I'm coming. I am going to the cross, and then my spirit is coming back to you. And every second, I'm going to guide you through this life. Like, that is, not, that is not John 14. That is today. That is ours. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. It, it, in essence, what Jesus is saying is, like, he, he can do a greater job than I can do. Because I've chosen to robe myself in this body. I'm limiting myself purposefully. But when I come back with my spirit, I'll be able to speak to all of you in your minds, your souls, your hearts, every second. And he says in verse 18, I will not leave you down here by yourselves. I will not leave you as orphans. You are not going to be fatherless. He goes, I'm coming back. I'm coming to you. And he says that cryptic thing in verse 19, yet a little while and the world will see, they will see me no more. I'm going to die on the cross and I'm going to, I'm going to go back to my dwelling place in heaven. But you, you guys, you are going to see me. Because I will live, because this death won't kill me, you will also find this new type of life, and I will live in you. And man, life's going to just intensify for you in this amazing way. And guys, I'm just telling you, man, I'm just reading these verses, and I'm like, this is my life? This is your life? I just read an author, and he goes, this is the worst time in history to be a backslider. Because God is doing so many awesome things. I love that. Christ. It's Christ. 
Look at Romans 8 real quick. I think one of the problems that we have with, with this thought of the Holy Spirit and how he's trying to lead us and change our lives and speak to us is just that. We, you know, we think of the Holy Spirit. Or Any King James Bible people in here? Amen. I preached out of the King James Bible for six straight years. Um, amazing stuff. And, and when someone goes King James Bible on you, by the way, when they start pulling the these and thous, you're in trouble. All right? I'm just saying. Um, but I love what the, whole, what the King James Bible says. It just straight up calls him the Holy Ghost. You know, I, just, I don't know. There's something beautiful about that. But we also, in our culture, kind of flip out. Like, we don't know what to do with that. Like, the Holy Ghost is in me. You know what I'm saying? And, like, for some of you, you love that. Others, you're kind of like, that kind of makes me nervous. Like, what does that mean? Is this some power? Like, what's going on? And one of the things I want to lay out that I want you to start thinking about to help you is Romans 8 and verse 9. Like, who is this who's upon me? Like, who's upon me? Like, when I'm walking up 24th into Noe, who's upon me? And when you start to realize it's Jesus, it's Jesus, it starts to change the dynamic, the sweetness, the understanding. Paul writes in Romans 8, 9, you, however, are not in the flesh. You're not controlled by your, your anger or your lust anymore because you're in the Spirit. The Spirit is on you. Well, who's the Spirit? Then he goes like this, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. How do I know if the Spirit of God dwells in me and on me? Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Which is to say, when you get saved, the Spirit of Christ comes on you. Now look what he calls the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit, whatever. Look at what he calls the Holy Spirit. He calls him Christ. Just It's Christ. He's here. He's in you, on you right now. He's dwelling on you. He's in this room. Christ? Yeah, amen is right. And, and I'm sitting there like walking. I'm walking in Noe Valley and I'm tripping out. I'm sitting here thinking to myself, Jesus Christ is telling me to go sit down right now. Like, this is awesome. And so I want you to start wrestling with that. You know, if you struggle with this idea of the, the Holy Ghost or the power of the Spirit and all this stuff, just start thinking that Jesus is dwelling on you. His Spirit is dwelling on you. And I just love this idea, if you're struggling, and if you're not struggling, you're either lying or you're not human. All right, let's just get that out of the way. So if you're struggling, let me encourage you. The Spirit has come upon you if you're a believer, and He comes to live His life through you. Think about that. Like those sins that you're so tired of, if you have an anger problem or you're bitter or there's a couple that, that isn't getting together, or there's depression or whatever, the life of Christ, the spirit of Christ, all that Christ is, he's trying to move that through you and change everything about you. He's trying to break the real you through. And I love this thought. I love this thought. And when you think of the Holy Spirit, guys, um, I, want, I want you to grab this right here. He's always described as either wind, raging water, or a consuming fire. Think about that. By the way, if Jesus is telling you to clap, clap. <laughs> but I want you to think about that. Like, he's not coming in measurements. He's, he's spoken of like a mighty rushing river. You know what I'm saying? He's like winds, man. And when wind blows, it like stuff moves, you know? It's like, it's huge. When, when rivers crash, man, they take things with them. 
when fires blaze, man, things are rocked and changed forever. And you're like, so that's what he wants to do to me? <laughs> that sounds kind of violent. No, no, no. On the contrary. Yeah. Some of you know what I'm talking about. So, so what do I mean? Like this power, like if it's like powerful wind or, or fire or water, and that's how he's describing how he wants to come into your life and deal with your heart and your mind. You're saying like, what does that look like? It looks like Galatians 5.22, on fire. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Love like a fire. Love like a rushing river. Love like wind that blows everything over. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. Joy that is so powerful in your everyday life. It's like a river flooding. It's like a fire that consumes depression and anger and bitterness or jealousy. A peace. A peace that is so strong and crushes everything in its way. All panic. All worry. It's like a fire of patience, a kindness, a goodness, a faithfulness. A faithfulness that says like this. Are you going to try to get me away from Jesus? No, 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 no. This thing's like a fire in me. That's what this looks like. I'm like walking up Noe Valley going, Christianity is the thing. My soul. This is what I got? I listen to too much rap. And I just, I can hear right now, NF, you know, I got Jesus what you got, you know, and I'm just like walking around thinking, I got Jesus, man, this is intense. And when you feel it, you understand what I mean when I say it's like heavy, hardcore wind or like a river or like a fire that's out of control. Um, Acts chapter one, I love what Jesus says to these, these guys. So this is right after Jesus has died on the cross and he is, he is resurrected out of the tomb and uh, he thought his guys would get it. Like, I'm going to die. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rise from the dead. And then I'm going to come back. And we're going we're gonna to turn the world right side up. We're going to rock this thing. And they didn't get it. They're like, game's over. Jesus is dead? What was that? And so he comes back for 40 days. And he's like, come here, guys. Let me talk to you. Now, check this out. This is, whoa, this is totally backwards to our world. Acts 1, verse 6. So when they had come together, Jesus comes back, he gets them together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Let me help you with, let me help you with that. Jesus, can we rule the world now? <laughs> can we be the guys now? Can we, can we have power now? Power, control. Can we have control, Jesus? Look at verse 7, he said to them, uh, it, it, stop worrying about when you'll sit on those thrones. It's not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed in his own authority. Then he goes like this. You want power? You want power, guys? You want power? Verse 8. Oh, you'll receive power. Oh, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Here's what he, here's what, he goes like this. Look up here. He goes like this. You want power? I'll give you power through the Holy Spirit. It's not power to rule. It's power to change this world through love. And let me throw this uh, Francis Chan quote up. He's gonna, he has to start paying me if I'm going to keep endorsing him like this. But no, I love Francis. and we, We've been talking a lot about the Holy Spirit. And this is out of his book, The Forgotten God. The Holy Spirit. The forgotten God. 
He goes, if it's true that the Spirit of God dwells in us and that our bodies are the Holy Spirit's temple, then shouldn't there be a huge difference between the person who has the Spirit of God living inside of him or her and the person who does not? Shouldn't we be feeling this thing? Shouldn't we be experiencing this thing? Love, peace, patience. And I want to help you guys. This is Paul David Tripp 101. If you don't know him, write that name down. Read everything he's ever written. Paul David Tripp. This guy's like a Christian psychologist, gospel-centered. He'll just change your life. He's wild. Here's what he's saying. Love, peace, power, joy, all these great things. He goes, if you don't have peace, patience, love, gentleness, kindness in you, you can't say, it's not happening in me because of that person. You can't say that anymore. And he goes like this. So if I took a, a, a can of soda, pop, right, whatever, and I shook the thing up, and I popped it, I opened the top, and all this stuff exploded out. Could you honestly say, well, you should have never shaken it up? Or would we have to admit that, no, that stuff was already in there, it just took the right environment to bring it out? So it doesn't matter what's going on inside us, the Holy Spirit wants to take that that bubbly, awful substance and cast it out for some clean water and let that start flowing out. And that's what Francis is saying. That's what I want so bad. And I'm experiencing it. I'm doing the woods walk thing. I don't know what's going on. Last Saturday, or yesterday, what day is this? <laughs> I should know that. <laughs> yesterday, I was, I was in the woods again walking. And I, I was just praying for like five hours, just walking through nature and, and just praying. And I'm telling you, man, I could feel, man, it just, it takes my breath away. Just, man, you could feel God. It was so cool. <laughs> These aren't tears of sorrow, man. <laughs> like, you could just feel God. It was like, and, oh, you know what happened, you guys? It's just family. I'm just talking. So I'm, I'm doing that thing. Like, I'm walking in the woods crying, like, and people are walking by me. They probably thought, this guy's lost or something. He's probably been out here for days, you know? Like, he's, he, dude, he's crying. Like, should we give him a phone or something? And I'm just like, you know, like, <laughs> looking out a river, just like, Man, God, you are amazing. And, uh, and I don't mean this is like a slam, but there's a, there's a Buddhist Zen meditative camp <laughs> like right next to this forest. And a group of them were walking through the forest. And like, this is what I passed. And I'm, I'm grinning ear to ear crying. And, you know, they're walking meditatively through the forest. And I'm just walking by just like, hey, guys, what's up? <laughs> And I got this big old grin on my face. And this group of meditative, zen, peaceful people all stopped and looked at me like, is he supposed to be leading this group? <laughs> like, something's, up, something's happening to that guy right there. What, what, what's going on with that guy? Like, they just had this look of like, and that's what people should be seeing. And I don't always live like that. Trust me, ask my wife. There are days when she's like, you need to go to the woods. Um, but man, people should just be seeing this thing on us. Like, uh, look at First Thessalonians five. I'm going to use a lot of scripture. So check it out. When the Lord rests upon a person, there's actually a spiritual shift that takes place wherever that person goes. You hear me? Man, get a home where you got like four people walking in the spirit. 
That's going to be wild. You get a church where like hundreds of people are just like walking in the spirit. Get like six people mobbing out of here walking through San Francisco who are walking in the spirit. Like I hope we're hearing stories about supernatural things happening as we're walking in the spirit. And, and we can have this type of life. We're commanded to have this experience. That's a good God. We can have this type of church. And so I'm, I'm on this high, but then listen to this, 1 Thessalonians 5.19. Paul's just like, don't quench this. Don't, don't quench it. And I'm like, what? I, we can quench this. We can quench this. And the hard part is, most of us just innocently don't know we're quenching this experience. That's okay. That's why we're here, why we're doing this. So I want to talk about that just for a second. The Spirit of Christ lives in us, is upon us like a fire whose flame we must be careful not to quench or extinguish. John, go to John 1 real quick. We're gonna, you got to hustle with me. Meet me there, John 1. Oh, I don't even think that's it. Oh, yeah, here we go. So check this out. I'm going to give you an illustration. Um, many pastors have used this, so if you've heard this before, just look like you're in awe and wonder. I've been thinking about this. I was telling Jeffrey this, and then I ran home and told my wife this, and I've just been telling everybody this. This is ours, this power, this joy, this release, but we have to be flowing with the Spirit for him to let go of it. See, it's his, it's his. He goes, it's mine, I'm on you, I'm on you. John, I'm on you right now, and if you want to feel this, then don't quench me. Don't, don't stop what I'm doing here. And what's so interesting is in John 1, 32, the, but the Holy Spirit is not a bird. Let's clear that up. It's Jesus. But the way that the Spirit kind of came from the dimension of God onto Christ in John 1, 31, kind of looked, the movement was likened to like how a dove kind of falls. And so uh, John bore witness. He said, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove and it, listen, it remained on him. Jesus Christ never had a second to where he quenched the Holy Spirit. On the new earth, you will have an eternity of never quenching the Holy Spirit. So think about this. It's likened to a bird and, and, and the Holy Spirit is Christ, so I don't want us to start thinking of birds here. But if I have a dove Everyone just look up here. I want you to really focus on this. If I have a dove sitting on my shoulder and I want to walk without it flying away, how am I going to live? I am going to constantly, with every movement, with everything I say, with what I look at, I'm going to always be thinking about, is this going to impact the dove? Is this going to cause the dove to fly? You'd just be walking. You wouldn't be scared. I've never been scared of a dove in my life. 
But you would be tender. You would be tender. You would flow. I, I would have a great grin on my face, but I would be walking very tenderly, just singing every movement, every motion, every word. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, what are you doing? It's bedtime, you know? Because would be like, <laughs> You know, I'd say, come here, sweetie, come here, come here. Don't touch the dove, don't, don't touch it up. It's time for bed. You know, just being mindful of this presence that was on me would cause me to walk very tenderly. Every step would be with the dove in mind. How many of you guys have been to Sausalito? How many of you guys would live in Sausalito like tomorrow if you could? Is that place amazing? How many of you guys know about the bird guy? Anybody seen the bird guy? Yeah, he's cool. I like this guy. And then the rock guy? What is that? This guy like stacks these rocks. It's, it's amazing. Anyway, think about this. So we were down there and there's a guy who has this gigantic, I don't know, is it a parrot? Something? He's got a parrot. And, and my wife was walking by, and he beckons her over, and, you know, you're trapped at that point. And uh, what he does is he takes his parrot on his arm, and he put it on my wife's shoulder. And my wife was just grinning. It was so cute. She's just smiling, and she wasn't afraid. But every movement, like she did this, she would move like this. She'd be like, take a picture. You know, she wasn't speaking too loud. She's like, take a picture, take a picture. And I, I think about that, and I think of the Holy Spirit, and I'm like, yes. I'm walking up 24th in Noe Valley, and I'm like, what do you want right now? Just speak to me. Tell me. Right now, I just, am I supposed to go to Starbucks or Pete's? <laughs> like, do you love Starbucks? And the weirdest thing was like, he's, he's like, John, I want you to go sit down in the park. I need you to see children and think of your father. And sure enough, it made my day. Like the rest of my day was so, it blossomed. So how is this done? How do we walk with the Spirit this way, listening, aware of Him? I want to teach us how to listen as I'm learning. The Spirit of Jesus in us, on us, upon us, is always speaking His Word to us. Always. Always. Look at John 16, 13. And I want to get this church to a place to where if the Spirit of Christ right now began to speak to us, we would all hear it and not be so locked into molds that we could move with him. I wonder how many church services are supposed to just break out in spontaneous prayer or something. John 16, 13, the Spirit is always resting and speaking the word. Look at what Jesus promises. He doesn't just say he's going to come and speak. He goes in verse 13, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. What is truth? Jesus says, my word is truth. That's why I'm a Bible fanatic because the more this is in my mind, the more the Spirit of God goes, John, you know what we talked about this morning. And he just begins to speak it to me. And when he speaks his word to us, and we don't listen, the fire cannot rage. You see, the Holy Spirit is given, has been given to his people without measure. It's, you have all of the Spirit of Christ on you. Yet... 
What we enjoy on kind of a daily basis is measured to us according to how well we hear him speak and guide us. So let me show you one other place, and then we're going to pray, and we're going to celebrate communion and sing. Uh, And we're going to let the Spirit do his thing. But look at uh, Ephesians chapter 3. This is a very powerful thing to leave us. Like, we want to hear the Holy Spirit. We want to hear the Holy Spirit. What is he saying through the Word? In Ephesians 3.17, Paul says the same thing. It's just so awesome. He goes, so that Christ, and man, what's so weird is like, it's not so weird. What's so amazing is you could write the Holy Spirit right there. So that the Spirit of Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. And then he goes on. But look at the first part of that. So Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. You know what dwell means? It just means to, it means to be at home. To be at home. So the Spirit of Christ, he goes, get to a place to where the Spirit of Christ feels at home with you. I love that. I, I want to tell an illustration right now, but some of you will never invite me over to your house again. So I won't. But I want to have a home, call it my mind, my heart, my body, that is so tender to listening to the Holy Spirit that he's just like, I love this kid. Man, I'm just, it's in a rhythm. I speak, he hears. If he doesn't hear, I speak a little louder, but he, he, he gets it, and he's flowing with me. Now, you look, at, you look at what happens in the mind, the, the heart. Here's, here's what we're all like. A person is like a house, the Bible says, that the Holy Spirit must live in. And some of us have been to houses to where we're, you know, we don't feel comfortable when we go in. We're like, eh. This is intense right here. He wants to settle in. He wants to be comfortable. Other, people, other people's homes, you go over and you just kick it. They're like, make yourself at home. And you know, you tear your shirt off and everything else. And you're like, okay. And it just feels good. You're like, man, this is like family right here. The spirit wants to feel at home. We're like a house. And if it was a big house, because we've got all these different parts to us, he, let's say he goes into the library, which is the mind. What does he find on, on my shelves? If he goes into the kitchen or the place of, of my appetites, what does he find in my cupboards? If he goes into the living room, the place of fellowship, what guest does he find? If he goes into the garage and finds tools, which are my talents, how am I using them? And if he finds that hidden closet that no one knows about, and those hidden things, that I don't want to let go. He wants, he wants to work with us to fill the house. And when we hear him and we follow him and we give up what may be grieving him, we always, always receive the greater. Ephesians 3, 18 and 19. He goes, if you make the Holy Spirit at home in you, man, he will begin to loose the strength because you're going to need strength for what he's about to do to you to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. If you make him at home, if you, if you learn to listen to him and follow him, you will begin to understand how much he loves you. And you'll never even get your mind around it. It's too big. But you will experience what it means to be filled with all the fullness of God.
And so what if we would just start this journey with the Holy Spirit by asking this week, all week, guys, just do this. It changed my week. It changed my life. Holy Spirit, Spirit of Christ, what are you trying to say to me right now? Just get there all week. Holy Spirit, I'm walking down Valencia. I'm with my friend. I don't care. What are you saying right now? Holy Spirit, I'm, I'm over a meal. Holy Spirit, I'm back at work. Holy Spirit, I'm tired tonight. What do you want? What do you want to say to me right now? Speak and help me follow. The old hymn goes like this, but, but if my fainting heart be blessed with the Holy Spirit for its guests, my God, to thee I leave the rest. Thy will be done. Let's pray. Just go on this journey. Listen right now with the ears of your hearts. What is he telling you? For some of you, for some of you, it may be take courage. Take courage. For others, it may be let it go. Just let that thing go. Whatever it is, open your heart. Let him speak to you. He loves you. Peace and patience and gentleness and self-control. No, sh- no shame here. Even if it's a sin that you, you can't seem to, to let go of, the spirit of Christ is upon you. Let him talk to you about it. Feel the love Jesus Christ dwells upon you. Maybe we all should pray with power and faith. Give us ears to hear. Let us walk a life to where the dove stays rested. And let us hear your voice. Just pray that out, guys. Pray it out. I will send you another comforter, another counselor. And he loves you so much. And he wants to speak to you every second and counsel you into the greatest and most powerful life. Pray for ears to hear. Just pray for the soul to hear. guys just keep praying with me and then we're going to roll right into communion I don't want us to stop a spirit of worship Father thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit Jesus Christ Spirit of Christ thank you for loving us so much and really the truth is Lord 
you'll never fly away from us. You're the dove who won't leave. You promised you'll be with us forever. But we want to be so tender to your voice. Help us to be intentional. Create new habits in your people. Help it to be intentional until it becomes natural. And we just hear you when you speak. What would every day be like? What an adventure it would be. Speak to that person. Help that person. Come away and pray. Whatever it is, help us to hear and walk in the Spirit. Father, if there are those here today who feel a stain of guilt and failure, they don't even know if they can get here, may communion wash their conscience clean. We love you. Visit us, oh God. Saturate us, oh God. Fire, wind, and water. In Jesus' name.